Hey there, my name is Ben Ramos, and you are listening to the Rise Church Podcast. We are a church in southeastern Idaho that is dedicated to sound biblical theology coupled with the authentic power of God. Our true hope is that this podcast would help you to continue to grow and taking steps in your relationship with Jesus. I hope you feel empowered today. I hope you feel encouraged today, and I hope you feel uplifted. God bless you. Enjoy the podcast. Glad you made it here. If you're uh, visiting for the first time, we just want to welcome you and thank you for that. Um, If you're here online and joining us, we want to thank you for joining us today. It's going to be a good time. It is going to be a good time. Um, You know, I just want to take a second too. The Bible says to give honor where honor is due, and honor is due to Pastor Ben Ramos. He really has helped cultivate some things here, helped bring, you know, me up. I've come alongside and under, and he's really helped begin to shape me and mold me and make me a better man of God. And so thank you for allowing me to come up here today and to participate. As we go through this series, The Gospel of Mark, it's been awesome. Um, If you're not familiar with The Gospel of Mark, it has all the good stuff in there. (laughs) But, right, it has red letters. It's the only color they had at the time. No, I'm just playing. Um, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, but... Seriously, it's been good. It's talking about the life of Jesus, right? And so when we come to Christ, we want to really, like, what does that mean? Well, you can start in the Gospel of Mark. And so we've really decided to dive into that uh, this year, and it's been real good. And, you know, before we get any further into that, though, I am going to open up in prayer. I think that's important. And so, Lord, we just come before you today, Lord. Um, Just open and ready for whatever you have for us in this place today, Lord. I thank you for the hearts and souls and the minds that are here today, Lord, in person, online, either way. God, I just pray and thank you in advance that they would receive from you what you have for them today, Lord. I thank you for those that need a fresh touch from you today, Lord, that you would fall upon them in this place today, Lord. I thank you that distractions would sit down while awareness would rise up. I thank you that the flesh would sit down And the spirit would be willing. Lord, I thank you that you would have your way in this place, God. Do what only you can do, Lord. Let us just be the willing vessels. Shape us and mold us as you see fit. And as your word comes forth today, Lord, let it carry the power that it's always been intended to carry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo! So yeah, gospel of Mark. It's been amazing. Today, Uh, You know, I have um, entitled this message, Functional Faith, Going Above and Beyond. Functional Faith. Uh, It's part seven in this series. And really, I would encourage you just to go back and uh, you can go on risechurchid.org and you can look at all of our uh, previous messages and really kind of get caught up. But you'll see where Jesus just comes on the scene and just starts getting it done. He comes, he's preaching the kingdom of heaven, he's healing the sick, he's cleansing the lepers. He's doing all the things that he's telling us to go do, but he's modeling it first. And so when we're going through the gospel of Mark, what's really important, especially in this day and age, uh, being a believer is understanding. That's the biggest part. It's understanding. It's, It's understanding what we believe. It's understanding what we're reading. It's getting a solid foundation. And so we're doing that as we go through Mark. There's so many good things in there. So I would just encourage you, if you haven't already, you know, Go back and watch those. 
Read it for yourself. Get involved. It's, it's a good time. It's a good, yeah, it is. So uh, today we're going to be going through Mark chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 12. So if you want to follow along, pull out a device, pull out your Bible, however you do it. If you choose not to do it that way, that's fine too, because we're going to have them up on the screen. So you're welcome to follow along that way as well. Um, and before I get too far into it, my name is Nick, and I, and I serve as the associate pastor here at Rise. Just thought I'd, you know, I didn't have my name tag on, so, uh, you know, here we are. Here we are. Uh, so what I want to do is I'm going to start out by just reading the entire passage, and then we're going to go back and break it down from there. Amen? Oh, and I'm a call and response preacher. So if you agree with something, say amen. If I say amen and you agree, you say amen back. That's okay. It's all right to have fun in church, too. All right, let's do that. So Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 1, says, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, my son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, right, drop it. <laughs> no, but seriously, Ooh. um. It's interesting. A lot of things are interesting, and we're going to get into it, but something I just noticed. Uh, they couldn't get him in there initially, right? But then we see him picking up his bed and walking out the same way he just couldn't get in. That's crazy how sometimes it seems like you can't get where you need to go, and then after it already, Jesus makes the way. And there's just something about that where it's like we don't initially see that. Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to uh, just highlight, a couple of words, um, scribe. That's a word we don't use anymore. <laughs> Maybe not in this manner anyway. Um, it's a member of a learned class in ancient Israel uh, through the New Testament times, studying the scriptures, serving as copyists, editors, and teachers of the religious law. Okay, So when you hear that, you can imagine whatever that looks like to you. Uh, a paralytic. Most of us know. Some of us don't. person that's paralyzed, right? So blasphemy. The act or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things. Profane talk, right? And, and so just a couple of things to keep in mind as we're breaking this down. Um, 
And an interesting thing about Capernaum, which I've been learning a lot as I've dove into the Gospel of Mark, is, you know, Jesus preached the kingdom of heaven. He healed thousands. He called out the lack of faith in some of the people there. Um, It was also the hometown to some of the disciples of Jesus. We have Peter, James, Andrew, John, and Matthew. And um, there's remains of a structure there in Capernaum that's believed to have been Peter's house. The same house that they're ripping the roof off of, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> we'll just leave that one. But, but so we pick up at verse 1, and he says, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. It was reported that he was at home. One thing you can count on, especially nowadays, is that news travels fast. Right? And, and I'm torn because I would like to say, you know, good news travels fast, but the thing is, negative news does too. And, and so sometimes the, the people that are in need are running there as quick as the naysayers that want to shut it down. Verse 2, he says, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. It says that many were gathered together, that there's no more room even at the door. They're standing on the outside looking in. Nobody can get in. Nobody has access, right? And the goodness of Jesus, it will attract people, right? The goodness of Jesus will attract people, but his presence will fill any space he's in. Any space he's in. And, and if you feel like the space in your heart has room, let Jesus fill it. Let Jesus fill it. You're feeling like, ah, there's something missing. I'm not quite sure what it is. Go ahead and just call out to Jesus. Mm, we don't have time for all, but I can tell you I didn't come to Jesus in a conventional way. Or, or like what you would think. I, I didn't come to him in this. I like to wear this. I came to him in the darkest place. And he showed up and met me where I was at. And he called me out. And all of a sudden, when I had an encounter with him, I realized that at prior, I was going and kind of worshiping a building and people in it. I wasn't worshiping the God who, who we come together for in the first place. I, I'm just saying, if your heart's a little empty, you're like, I've tried church. Quit trying church and try God. Okay? And then come. I'm not saying stay home and isolate and then come. Mm. And he was preaching the word to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, right? They couldn't get near. So they had to set this guy down. They, they, they made a game plan. Can we start there? These guys made a game plan. They, they came together and they said, hey, remember that Jesus guy? Yeah, you've heard about him. Remember him? He's here. And and we believe he has what you need. I'm not even fully sure what that means. Because back then, diseases, ailments, sicknesses, they were often believed to have been because of sin that was committed. Whether it had been from past people, like the the generational, the, the parents and grandparents, or if it's something you did. And so then, on that, there was other times where people, they wouldn't want to associate with that either because it's like, if you are sick, get away from me because whatever you did to make God mad, I don't want any part of that. But this guy has four people. They're like, no, 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 come on, let's go. They load them up. They make a game plan. I don't even know how far they walked, okay? But they walked with, with a guy on a mat, four of them. Have you tried to carry something with four people and you're trying to get through a place you can't get through? And come up some stairs or whatever the case says they got him up on the roof. Now, back in that day, the roofs were were flat, right? 
and there was a staircase that would come up around the back, like stairs would come up around the back of the house. Now, you got to imagine, I don't know how wide they would be. I didn't catch that part. Try carrying a guy up there who's dead weight, by the way, okay? I don't know if you've had parents, if you've had your eight, nine-year-old fall asleep in the car, right? <laughs> and you got to, like, call in, you know, backup because, I, I don't know, me, I'm just like, you need to wake up. <laughs> You're cute and all, but you got to get up. you got to get up. Dad needs his back. But they carried four of them, right? And, and even when it seemed like there was no way, I want you to know there's always a way, right? Sometimes he makes it and just parts the Red Sea of your situation, and sometimes he gives you the idea on how to do it, the practical, the revelation of it, right? And so just because you feel like you can't get in or get to Jesus, that doesn't mean that it's true. Don't give up just because you can't give in or get in. Don't give up just because you can't get that breakthrough you've been praying about for all these years. Because if we flip through this, we read. See, we flip through and we read a page and we're like, oh, that went quick. Some of these people were in prison for years. Some of these people were praying for years. They were going through stuff their entire life. Some of them died waiting for promises. And Jesus even tells them, you guys are blessed. The people before you, they were praying for this day. But you get to see me. Hmm. If you can't feel his love, that's a big one, right? Because a culture of feelings, and I get it, okay? We have feelings. It's not an accident. But if you're led by feelings alone, you will be led astray. By alone. I said alone, okay? Because sometimes following your heart can be, can be dangerous. It can be, because where's your heart at? What if your heart's not in a good place? And then you follow it and you do what you want and live your best life here and now and all this other stuff and nothing even matters. And so there's no standard. There's no nothing. But we see these guys in here and they're like, hey, you know what? There's something to this and we're going to get you where you need to go. And, and so, you know, that, that saying, it says, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Right. Right. Well, well, it's his will is your way. Write that down. His will is your way. He had the four to carry him. He had the four to carry him. And my question is, do you have four? Do you have four? Do you have two? Do you have one? Okay. It's, it's quality. It's not quantity. Everybody has followers and subscriptions, and, and that's all cool, man. Do what you do. But I just need you to know that, that you need a couple of good ones. A couple of good ones. When, when Jesus preached a couple of messages, everybody left. Thousands of people left. And he looks at them and says, hey, are you guys going too? He says, where are we going to go? You, you have life. You are life. Where are we going? So get the ones that are ride or die. The people that will carry you where you need to go, even if you don't necessarily realize you need to go there, or, or you can't go there like the paralyzed man. Because I'm willing to bet some of us have some things in our life that have paralyzed us, like this man. His might be physical. Yours might be emotional. Yours might be spiritual. Yours might be an addiction. Mine was. I was paralyzed by it. But, but Jesus, he came, and he set me free. And what we need is we need people that will feed the need and not fuel the fire. Feed the need and not fuel the fire. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> feed the need is you need people that will hear you out. 
People that will give you wise advice when and where necessary and point out a solution to you, right? A healthy one, okay? A healthy one. That's a key point there. Um, Whether it be a practical thing, spiritual, or both, you need someone that's going to come alongside, and and they're not going to invalidate what you're saying. They're going to hear you, right? But but then they're going to say, okay, but what now? Because we have a lot of talkers. What now, though? What are we doing now? And, and so we need those people that will help us. Could you imagine if this went different and the paralyzed man had the four and they were sitting around and they were complaining, kind of like Job's friends did, right? And they were like, what did you do to make you paralyzed and just yelling and, and all this stuff? But you need the ones that will come and say, hey, and knock all that off, all right? I know you're paralyzed. Life sucks. Let's go, okay? All right? And guess what? You're coming with us. You can't get out of it. <laughs> like... You're coming with us. And, and so we need those people in our life, though, seriously. And, and when we have the people that are fueling the fire, what they're doing is they're taking the things that are triggering us and bothering us, and they're feeding into it. And most of it, this is a hard one. I'm, I don't know. We're just going to say it how I see it. Sometimes they're doing it from a good place because they, they agree with you. And they're like, yeah, that's And they're mad with you, right? And sometimes they are affirming your problem through their pain. You cannot have people affirming your problems through their pain because what they're doing is they're saying, yeah, yeah, my life's like that too, right? You, I'm going to leave that one alone. But seriously, you, you have to have people that will help you because um, it's like with anything, if you don't know you need it and then someone comes along to help you, sometimes you won't fully understand that until whatever it was is done. And, and I would say like a rehab, right? It's like they take you and drop you or whatever, and it's like, oh, I didn't know I needed this. But now that I'm a little more clear-headed, I feel a little better. Now, all of a sudden, I I realized that I did need that, and thank you, the person I yelled at and cussed at and blocked off and all these things, thank you for being the one that allowed me to throw stones at you and you didn't give up on me. That's the people we need in our life, okay? Because the word can't is nothing more than can plus the cross. That's it. That's it. I didn't make it up, but I took it. <laughs> I, I heard somebody say it years ago, and I'm like, you know what? We're doing that. So picking up at verse 5, you know, it says, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And, and so he saw their faith and said, Your sins are forgiven. But I believe that that man had faith too. He, he could have, you know, yelled and screamed about hey, Whatever happened. But he saw their faith. And you know what? That's like proximity blessings right there. That's that, you know what I mean? You get around a couple of people that believe for you when you kind of doubt. Because the Bible says these signs shall follow those that believe, right? So, so you'll encounter people like, I don't believe that. And you're like, well, I, I do. <laughs> so I'm the majority. And I have that. I've had that. We've done these things. We've walked these things. And people are just like, dude, I don't believe in that. That's crazy. I'm like, yeah, I know. Sounds a little wild. But... I do believe. Pray for people that do not believe and watch them get healed and then ask them to go figure that out. <laughs> no, seriously, though, like, because I was that person, and I, I, I was that person, I'm like, ah, that just looks like you paid somebody. Like, I don't know if that's real. And then you meet people that don't know you and are critical, and they're like, uh, and then you pray for them and it happens. It doesn't always happen, and you just take the hit. No big deal. I still walk by faith. But when it does, that's what matters, Okay. When it doesn't, it's going to be what it's going to be. People are going to say what they say. But what you don't do is lose heart. What you don't do is lose your faith because you have critics. Because guess what? You're going to have critics. 
here we go, right here, point in case, right? We see the, the, the scribes getting all mad about everything, right? They're, they're upset because Jesus is over here telling them, your sins are forgiven, and they're perceiving in their heart, what, what, what? That's not, you, you can't do that. God can do that, God alone, right? But nothing stopped. Nothing stopped their pursuit because this thing is about living it out. Faith is displayed best through actions. James 2.18 says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Right? Faith produces the works. Works doesn't produce the faith. It's a true story. It's a true, true story. And so... One more thing I want to point out, and then we'll get back to that. Forgiveness and healing, they go together. Hear me out. They go, they go together, and here's why they go together. Because you can say, well, I've been forgiven, but I still got this ailment. All right. But your soul is healed. Your heart's healed. Even Paul said he prayed to have that thorn removed from his flesh and Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for your life. In other words, whatever you feel like uh, incapacitating you and all those things, listen, I have a grace on your life that is going to allow you to maneuver that issue and still get done what I have for you to do. Right? So, so sometimes we, we lose hope because you've been praying for this and that for 10 years. You've been praying for these things all this time, and, and you still don't see it, and you're persevering, and you got all these people, and you try all these things, and you read all the books and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, Jesus says, have faith. You messed around about 12 books when you could have just read a few lines that said, just have faith. <laughs> like, I love books. I'm just saying. And, and, and we just, just you got to get around. That's the people that will feed the need, the ones that will say these mature warriors in, in the Lord that will come alongside and say, hey, hey, trust me. God's going to show up. God's going to do what God does. Even if you don't see it in this lifetime, trust me that God has your best interest at heart, at mind. He's got purpose for you. He's got, uh, he's, he's got God's a God of intention. Amen? Verse 6 says, now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts. Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Out of everything Jesus was saying, out of all the things he was doing, of course you would leave it up to a couple of religious folks to point that out. All this stuff done happened. We've packed the house, and they hear that one thing, and they're mad about it. You can always count on naysayers. You can. They, you can count on them to be there and, and to either be the thing that brings you down or bring the, be the thing that pushes you forward. That's perspective. That's perspective. Um, the sooner you can get that, really hold on to that, the better off you're going to be in this walk. And here's why. Because what happens is, unfortunately, we've been sold this idea. Not everybody does it, but hear me out. Where we come to Jesus and everything's just all sweet. Life's just cute, and we're having a great time, and all this stuff. And it's, there's truth in that, right? God is good, and your perspective changes, and your heart changes, and life does get better. But then you also have the opposition that comes. You have the family members that refuse to let you be the new you because they remember the old you. 
And the moment you even look a little bit like it, they want to bring it all up and say, see, you're just like all those other people at church. Let me let you know something. Everybody can be a hypocrite, whether you're in this building or at work or at school or out in life or at the bar or the club. You can be a hypocrite in what you say and what you do. The difference is I'm chasing after Jesus and I'm not giving up. I don't have a plan B. This paralytic, you can believe when this happened, there's no plan B. That was it. He literally got up and walked by faith, literally. And let me just clarify, when I say religious, because you're like, wait a minute, Christian, isn't that like religion? We're we're categorized. I, I get what you're saying, but what I mean is it's it's that, let me say it this way. Religion says I have to or else. Relationship says I get to because. Right? So religion says I gotta do all these things. I have to look this way, I have to sound this way, go to church Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, I participate in everything, or else what are they going to think, and God's not going to love me. And Jesus is like, hey, hey, he goes so far as to say, don't become like those Pharisees, lest, lest you be worse. Don't become like the religious folks that look good on the outside, but they're empty on the inside. Because guess what? They're searching too. And when the answer's right in front of them, they can't see it because they don't like that answer. They're like, mm-mm. I don't want that answer. Why not? I don't know. All right. Well, I guess you're still stuck then. Like, so, so when you hear that, like, it's just, it's a mindset, right? That's what I mean. Yet you have head knowledge. And Jesus said, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have life. But I tell you, I'm life. It's right. You think, and you get hard and cold and you get puffed up and you're like, I know everything and I got 12 degrees and that's cool, dude. But, but these guys were unlearned. So we see them in here. We have people that have no idea. They're in here. They're bringing this man. They're like, you know what? He's, he's a answer. I don't even know if he's the answer, but he's a answer for sure. And these people are people with no education, people that probably aren't anybody in society, right? Nothing. It doesn't say whether they are or aren't. But in that day, it was very common that it was like most of them had very lower level jobs, for lack of a better way. And then a few had the more elite or whatever you want to call it, right? So there's a good chance they weren't anybody special, okay? And, and so they come to Jesus, and, and they go, I, I want that. Relationship says I get to because he offered it. Hmm. You know, verse 8, when, when Jesus perceives, right, in his spirit that they were questioning him, right, and he challenges that. He didn't have to say anything. But he challenged that. And here's a couple things I wanted to point out. We have the scribes, which I had defined earlier. They're challenging the identity and authority of Jesus, most of whom have probably heard at this time or even possibly seen, you know, Jesus do things, perform miracles at this point, right? They were right, in a sense, in questioning him. And and here's why. Because the Bible tells us to even test the spirits, even test these things. So at that time, you got to remember, he's coming on the scene. They're waiting for a prophesied Messiah. And even though he's it, they're like, mm, hold on, because here's something that's awesome. Before this, many people had come saying they were Jesus. Doesn't that sound familiar to today? Like, ooh, you're not Jesus. <laughs> you're not Jesus. And so they were questioning it. But here's where the problem came. Here's where that religious thing comes in, right? They were unwilling to receive that. They were unwilling to engage in a healthy manner and say, hey, this sounds nuts. I need you to explain it to me. 
And, and, and I would even go as far as to say that sometimes when it was being explained, their heart had been hardened to the point where they still weren't hearing him. He was speaking, but it was just, he couldn't penetrate the heart. And, and so, so there's the two sides. One, receive the Lord. When, he, when he's calling, get around some people. Ask some questions. Get to know. Don't, don't feel weird about none of that stuff. Just, just ask. Because they just brought, and that was it. They're like, oh, he's something, and I want the something. Let's do it. So <clears throat> don't take it at face value, but don't harden your heart to it either. We see this with, uh, you know, Paul and Silas. They're on this missionary journey, the second one, actually. And they come upon these people, the Bereans, right? The Bereans, uh, they were about studying the, the scripture, right? And it says that they would come and, and Paul and Silas would teach and preach and, and speak to them. And then they would go home every day and they would study the scripture to make sure what they were saying was accurate. Get to know your word. Get to know Jesus. Not just for head knowledge so you can debate people, but for heart knowledge so you can have salvation in Christ. Oh, man. I would think the fact that Jesus perceived in his spirit what they were saying, what they were thinking in their hearts, that should have at least been a confirmation a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, maybe there's more to this, man, because they hadn't encountered this before. Not like this, right? Not, not in the synagogue in this set, or in the house in this setting. And you would think that that would be an eye-opener. But, but to me, it's like, oh, that was just a lucky guess. Come on, guys. We can do better than that. See, here's the thing is, we see these people doing whatever they need to do to get this man to Jesus. You have to do whatever you need to do to, to get to the Lord. You don't let naysayers stop you. You don't let the things that have paralyzed you cry out to somebody, holler at somebody, tell somebody something, say, dude, I need help. I need help. And don't give up. That's the big thing. Don't give up. We're not called to talk by faith. We're called to walk by faith. We got to live this thing out. Functional faith, going above and beyond. If carrying this man on a bed and then up the stairs and then ripping out someone's roof that you don't even know and you drop him down, if that's not going above and beyond, I don't even know what is. Could you imagine that modern day? We're just sitting here and somebody just like, I heard you guys are having a healing service. The roof starts just getting torn open. It's like, first of all, I'm not Jesus. Second of all, <laughs> calling insurance. And the cops. No, I'm just playing. But, but I mean, it's, it's just crazy, right? We don't really think of how intense that really is. Climbing on a ladder with heavy stuff's wild. So, so the point here is you need to persevere. You need to trust. You need to believe. You need to persevere because it's easy to give in and give up, right? And I would go as far as to say that might be the birthing place of a lot of these three steps to this and 10 steps to that mindset because we want it and it has to be easy and, and they promised us it would work and in 30 days you'll be making 40 grand. All right. But all of that stuff, it, it's not that easy. Anything worth having takes work. Any chain worth breaking takes work, Right? Any habit you want to change, it takes work. 
Don't become what society tells you. Pastor Lori preached on that. Your identity is important. Okay, you don't have to identify as your circumstance, right? Imagine if he was just the paralyzed man to all of his friends. Oh, it's paralyzed, dude. No name, no nothing. We can't be like that. We can't be like that. You know, first of all, if you're planning to get baptized today, let's go ahead and take this time. Uh, If you weren't planning, but now you are, that's cool too. I just wanted to uh, give you this time to go ahead and change if you need to change. You're welcome to do that. I don't want to uh, forget to do that. So, um, right? You know, so kind of going back to where we see in Mark, right, we we see him bringing the paralyzed man in. We see Jesus' encounter and uh, somewhat confrontation with the scribes and everything going on. You know, the fact that he healed him frustrated those people. It frustrated those people because some people think you deserve to reap what you sow. And the Bible says God won't be mocked, you know. What, whatever we sow, we'll reap. But he's still God. Did we forget that? So, so what if this man did something? Let's just say he did. What if he did? Who knows? Jesus chose to heal him. Jesus chose to heal him because here's the thing is is sometimes people are just born a certain way and sometimes people will make a choice and then they'll be stuck with the consequence of it, right? And in either way, Jesus wants to touch your life and Jesus wants to heal you. Jesus wants to help you. See, we see right here in uh, even in uh, John 9, right, where Jesus heals a man that was born blind. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, teacher, Who sinned, the man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, I love this part. It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Do you realize whatever your problem right now is just a testimony waiting to happen? It really is. It's a testimony waiting to happen. And we see it, right, as we're going through here, we see it as as a... In the last part, obviously, when he's talking to him, he's telling him to rise up and walk. We see him get up and walk, and they glorify God. They glorified God in that. And I think that that's amazing. I think that, you know, um, the fact that Jesus is willing to stop what he's doing when chaos erupted and heals a man who disturbed what he was doing, that wasn't going to fly with anybody else. You couldn't do that in the synagogues and the churches. You couldn't just walk in and start doing that stuff. That would be disrupting the service. That would be on the Sabbath. They would be mad about it. You could probably go to jail. Things would not be looking good. And so I I, I say all that to say persevere. There are people here right now that have sickness, right now in your body, right now. And you might even be convinced that you're not worthy of being healed because of the life you've lived or life you live or whatever the case I'm not a good person. You don't get to decide that. Jesus does. You've probably learned that because people have told you you're not a good person. If my parents told me I was a certain kind of way my whole life, it would be hard for you to convince me otherwise. Verse 12. He rose 
and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Never saw anything like this, ever. That's that functional faith. That's the faith I'm talking about, the faith that causes you to get up and do something about it. The faith that causes you to take action. The faith that says, I'm not going to sit around paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by debt, paralyzed by doubt. Paralyzed. I'm not going to sit around and let those thoughts control me anymore. I'm taking control of my life, and I'm going to go forth and do what i got to do. And if I have to break down a roof, if I have to go through a wall, if I have to get past some of the crowd that doesn't want me in there, then I'm going to do what i got to do. Because at the end of the day, this is the life that you're living, and you only get one that's it, right? But then there's eternity. So my thought is you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, right? Nothing to lose, everything to gain. Give your life to Jesus. Do it. You will not be, you will not be disappointed. I, I, I wish I could convey to you how different it is when you have that freedom in Christ, like deep down in here, like this paralyzed man got, like this crowd saw they gave honor to God. That's crazy. And, and so we think of things that might be impossible. We're like, there's no way that can happen. But this paralyzed man got healed. It happened, right? That's not something that happened back then. That's not something that happened. We see in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9, it says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor uh, the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Right? Things you can't even imagine. This paralyzed man, who knows what his thought was? Who knows if he really thought he was going to get healed? But he did. And so I just, I, the question here is, do you, do you trust God? Do you have an above and beyond kind of faith? Who do you have in your life that's going to feed the need? Hey, thanks again for tuning in with us today. I really do hope and pray that this message has been transformative in your life to help you to take steps in relationship with Jesus. If this has been a blessing to you, there are several things you could do in order to give honor where honor is due. Uh, we would love if you would give us a like, go ahead and give us a subscribe, go ahead and share us, tag us, uh, quote us, do all of those things in your social media feeds. We would be so blessed by that. If you have any more questions or need any more information about who we are, what we believe, or if you'd like to give towards the forwarding of ministry here through Rise Church, you can do so at www.risechurchid.org. God bless. Have a great week.